lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand, right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. I got to give a shout out, by the way, to all the ladies. Three of you. I think it's been three. Maybe it was four. But all the ladies who sent me notes after Friday's show where I was doing it from my hotel room and the sun coming through the window and how that brought out my blue eyes. One of you even said that it was even more impressive than Kirk Herbstreet. Todd, your thoughts? No. You had no idea where I was going with that, but you knew it wasn't going to end well, right? Exactly. Yes. So for all the ladies out there, three, and it's maybe been four, but uh, hey man, when you're about to turn 49 years old, this you'll agree with me on. You take that anywhere you can get it, right brother? Anywhere you can get it? No? Now you don't even know what to say. Reset. Reset everything. Restart. Can we do this again? Is this live? What's the frequency, Kenneth? Control Alt Delete. What is? What, yes. Control Alt. I don't know how to do that. On throw on a brick Mac. at the screen. Unplug yeah. it from the wall. Can we unplug this show from the wall and start over again? Does that work or not? Have you seen the She-Hulk trailer? Because <laughs> that might be better than this start. <laughs> that looks so bad. It did Told look ya. so bad. Did you watch till the end? I did. Yeah, I watched to the end. Yeah, it looked. It's, it looks bad. And I think Thor's on his third or fourth midlife crisis since, uh, you know, they started that franchise. He's on another one now, right? If you watch you know, that I trailer, have a lot it's of third or fourth midlife crisis. Too, if I could, you know, summon thunder and lightning. As, as my son Noah said to me the other day, dude, the guy's been alive for a couple thousand years. He hasn't figured things out. Does that give much hope for the rest of us? That's what <laughs> Noah said to me yesterday. Oh, let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor Gab. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show and Getter. And don't forget to get clips of the show that you can watch free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Also, don't forget about our friends over at Bonner Private Wines because they are perhaps Todd's favorite or at least the most uh, partaken of uh, partner that we have here on the program. Uh, now that Lent is over, Todd is back on the saw. So- I'm, I'm, I meant uh, wagon. No, you had it right the first yeah, time. I had right- <laughs> Thank you. Uh, with our friends at Bonner Private Wine, some of the best imported red wine in the world, grown and done uh, the way it should be by families deep in the Andes Mountains, about 9,000 feet high. So you get uh, just perfect conditions for a vineyard and uh, minus all the additives and chemicals and a lot of your store-bought wines. This is the good stuff. Perfect for grilling season as well. And right now you can get these rare imported red wines for half off the retail price as well as half off the shipping when you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash steve that's bonnerprivatewines.com slash steve of course you know the typical wednesday drill uh buy seller hold begins at the bottom of this hour we will then of course be joined at the end of the program by the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself Daniel Horowitz. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by Something Rotten in the Keystone State. The same state that gave us the legends like Jerry Sandusky, the artist formerly known as Richard Levine, the artist formerly known as Will Thomas, and the deciding vote for Obamacare signaled last night they're having a hard time deciding who they like better. A hedge fund bro by the name of Dave McCormick or a lefty gun control and sex change nut by the name of Dr. Ounce. With 94% of the vote in, just two-tenths of a point are separating Dr. Ounce and Dave McCormick, with upstart candidate Kathy Barnett finishing a disappointing third at 24.8%. Thanks to a smear campaign by close allies of Trump and the fact that name ID is the only thing that matters in a state and nation full of low-information voters, Pennsylvania will be stuck with a runoff, likely, between the aforementioned lefty and that hedge fund bro. Moving on, Wyoming's Cynthia Loomis was one of only 11 senators who voted voted against advancing $40 billion in aid to Ukraine yesterday. She's one of only five senators in the country with an A Liberty score at Conservative Review. She's also apparently a puke. Speaking at the University of Wyoming's commencement ceremony recently, she said this. There are those in government who believe not that the creator endowed us with inalienable rights as the founders of our nation acknowledged in the Declaration of Independence, but that government created those rights and that government should redefine those rights including our rights to freedom of speech, religion, property, assembly, and to keep and bear arms. Even fundamental scientific truths, such as the existence of two sexes, male and female, are subject to challenge these days. Now she's apologizing, saying, quote, it was never my intention to make anyone feel unwelcomed or disrespected. Finland and Sweden have now officially applied to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, The joining of two Slavic neighbors of Russia to NATO is a crossing of a Rubicon of sorts, and we're still waiting for either Europe or Putin to call each other's bluff. Groomer update this mother in Las Vegas read to the Clark County School District Board a reading assignment for her 15-year-old daughter. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Forgive me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your... Thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. For those of you listening, the mother read the graphic pornographic reading assignment for about 10 seconds and was cut off by the board for using profanity. According to the UK Daily Mail, tax filings by one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter organization, Patrice Coilers, paid her baby daddy nearly a million dollars for quote-unquote creative services and paid her brother also nearly a million dollars for quote-unquote security services out of the BLM nonprofit's funds. New data from the CDC shows 5 to 11-year-olds have a 2 to 30% higher COVID infection rate among those who have received the jab compared to unjabbed kids. The View has some thoughts on Fox News's Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson has, in a country of 326 million people, we have grown, he has 3 million listeners. He's almost irrelevant if you think about it. And, and I think maybe that's the way to go with him. Just ignore him. 
Some of the latest publicly available data shows The View has a hair over 2 million viewers per episode. And finally, Project Veritas is back at it again, capturing undercover video of a current executive at Twitter talking about the company's potential new owner, Elon Musk, and censorship on the platform. Wait until you hear what he says at the end. Well, right now we don't make profit, so it's going to say ideology, which is what's led us to not being profitable. The rest of us who have been here believe in something that's good for the planet and not just to give people free speech. Because again, like these people really do believe in what we're doing. These are the policies we've put in place for misinformation or mislabeling media or whatever. Yeah. Why do you think this should be taken down? Yeah. Like those are the questions they're gonna ask him. Yeah. 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 And it's gonna be hard for him to be like, oh, because people should make their own decision. It's like, no, but people don't know how to make a rational decision if you don't put out correct things that are supposed to be out in the public. He has Asperger's. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So he's special. Your special needs, you're literally special needs. <laughs> so, I can't even take what you're saying seriously. Targeting of types. Wait, 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 wait. You can read it. Let me see. And how to protect yourself. Groups like Project Veritas are active right now. <laughs> Is that? It's like some group that's trying to just out the employees. Like they're trying to go on dates with them like this and record them and then go sell it to the New York Times and say this is what the Twitter employee just said. This is what's really happening. This is what they're telling us to not do. You're lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. Okay. And that's what happened while we were away. Oh my. He's a business executive. Oh, <laughs> oh um, my! On on the bright side, though, uh, he is uh, now after seeing that uh, he, he is a subject matter expert at being uh, special. Oh my! I've never seen that in a project fair. Oh my! Laughed multiple times by oh myself my. in oh the my. studio this morning. Oh, oh my! I ah. Uh... Wow. That's that was the video equivalent of watching another guy get kicked right in the manlies and then you empathetically feel the pain and, and can't like move on yourself until you know he's okay. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see a guy in there. <sighs> nice. Aaron's montage brought to you by Tyga Coolers. All American made with an all American staff, and they are a pro American company who happens to love our show. And that's why they are the perfect partners for us. It's cooler season. If you want just a, a good, strong, sturdy, run-of-the-mill cooler, doesn't care, stock color, they'll do that for you. But if you want something cool and customized, like they've done for the three of us, they gave me two. I got this uh, behind me here, this special commemorative Lindsey Graham. Uh, I got that as a customized cooler cover as well. Getting to the bottom of it. With America's Senator, Sean Hannity's lesbian date, Lindsey Graham. If you would like to maybe get that cover for your cooler or something else customized, they can hook you up. Makes for great gifts for family, friends, even clients. Use my last name or first name. Steve is your promo code to get 10% off when you check out at tigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G-A. T-A-I-G-A. Go to tigacoolers.com. Use my name, Steve, for the promo code to get 10% off. So let's go to the montage, shall we? And I would I would like to discuss the events in Pennsylvania. 
And I, I want to reset a couple of things because I know there's been a couple events in the last couple of years that has brought, helped to bring new people to our show. And, and they, have, they have come to the show at a time when it has, it, it's evolved further. We've always been a show that has been, first and foremost, about trying to do what we can with the platform we have to bring a biblical worldview back into the mainstream. The, the vision for this show was to try to do with the biblical worldview on a broadcast outlet what Rush did in a previous generation for conservative values and politics and bringing that back into the mainstream through a broadcast outlet. That's always been the vision of our show. What's happened in the last six years is it's become even more so of a focus because I'm also a politi- a politi- nerd. I'm also a former um, campaign flack. I've recruited candidates. I've done polling. I've worked professionally uh, uh, around campaigns from school board to president of the United States. And so not just my own interest, but the, my interest in helping you guys become smarter political news consumers. We used to spend a good deal of time on the nuts and bolts of the process so that you could be better informed and know how to break down a poll and know when you're being scammed and things of that nature. Right. We just we haven't done a lot of that. Uh, we did a bit of that down the stretch of the 2020 election and then obviously in the aftermath of it. But we haven't done a lot of that on this show in the last six years. Because. About six years ago, it, it dawned on me that we had to make first things even more firster. We had to make first things even more firster. I know that's not a word. I just couldn't come up with anything else. And, and so a couple of events that have happened that has grown our show immensely since that further step of evolution occurred, obviously COVID's number one and, and Russia's passing would be another one. Those two things, and then to a lesser degree, seeing me for the first time on the Blaze's election night coverage, uh, because I know how to break down election returns and what to look for and what's real and what's not. And I have scouted much of the country electorally, at least much of the country that is competitive. I, I know what is a fallacy and you guys saw me discover them in real time following the returns on election night. Okay. But those, those two issues have, are, have driven a lot of new people to our program. And we're, we're unfortunately for one, that the one circumstance that led to that, but we're, we're thankful that if anything good came out of COVID, it was that um, it helped us find a whole new layer of, of truth seekers. So may I, so some of this will be new to some of you. I am not a Republican, and I haven't been for several years. I have no interest in being one. Um, I have, I've rarely been a registered Republican for like the last 15 years. And it just so happened that the previous two times I was coincided, or three times I was coincided with my direct involvement with a candidate, Mike Huckabee, then Newt Gingrich, and then Ted Cruz, in the Iowa caucuses. And it required me to register as one in order to participate. Uh, the reason being is it became very obvious that it's a party that doesn't want people like me. And growing up, not knowing your biological father um, and then your stepfather didn't want you either. I've I'm, I'm grown accustomed to not seeking after and, and feeling the need to get the get approval of people that 
don't want me. I'm perfectly fine moving on pretty quickly. And Todd and Aaron will tell you that's maybe that's a character defect or a strength, depending on the situation. And when I close the door, when it, when the door is shut, it tends to remain shut. I don't reopen it. I let other people reopen it. Okay. And so what's happened over the years is other people who are good people that get involved in the Republican Party that do share my values that I think that have either asked me for help or I just think are worthy of I've never like never met Kathy Barnett in my life. I didn't know who she was 10 days ago. I only stepped into this race because I saw a Christian sister getting smeared unfairly. I didn't even endorse her as a candidate. I just stepped into this just on the basis of that's my sister and that's not right what they're doing to her. Um, but there have been enough candidates over the years that I have stepped into the breach to try to promote or help, assist, support, endorse, etc. I don't think I have endorsed a candidate for office on this show. Can you guys remember the last time? I mean, has it been since 2016? Have I endorsed a candidate since then? I mean, I... In, yeah, I like, in, like in a contested primary is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so um, I, I, I don't, I, I believe we're stuck. I don't believe there's a long-term future in the Republican party. On the other hand, I, on the short term, I don't think we have time to plan for a long term at the exact same time. We're, we're kind of stuck here, you know? So I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. The number one thing we try to do on our show is to promote the truth, regardless of where it lands. Because we started to realize the more we can inform and radicalize you, you'll just mobilize and do the right thing on your own. Rather than trying to figure out who's the perfect candidate in every single primary and everything else, that's exhaustive. And, And the one time I can point to outside of Iowa, where my show had a huge impact, which is what helped me launch me nationally, but outside of Iowa, the one race I can point to where... That actually worked was a race that none of us, me, Daniel, we were kind of a consortium of activists. Um, none of us actually played in because we thought had no chance to win. And that was Dave Bratz went over Eric Cantor in Virginia. So um, I just think you should know those things about me before I enter into this conversation. I don't care. I don't care what, what letter or how many letters somebody has after their name. Um, if they don't believe what I believe, I, I, I just, or they can't, they can't, or they don't seem willing, or I can't justify that they will pursue my agenda. I, I don't care if they win or not. And I don't care how bad the other side is because 30 years has taught me that repeatedly putting Lisa Murkowski and, um, should I just name all the names? I was just in North Carolina. Both their senators suck. All right, just putting those people in office repeatedly doesn't do any good. Um, I don't have a slate of my candidates. I don't have a party. I, I don't care about any of that. I just don't. Okay. And I can't foresee that, that, that there will be an event in the future that would change my mind. Um, you guys will have to change it. You guys will have to prove me wrong about this by winning more of these races that make me think, oh, okay. All right. But you'll have to, like I said a few minutes ago, when I shut the door, the door is shut. Someone else has to open it. I won't. And the door is shut. Now, ironically, some people have opened the door. I've, I was asked to go speak on behalf of a, of, of a few GOP candidates in North Carolina over the weekend. I agreed to do it because a friend of mine who's a radio host down there, Steve Noble, who probably has even less 
of a tolerance for the Republican Party than I do asked me to do it because he knew these candidates and because um, they have a unique situation there where they, they also vote for their Supreme Court justices and they're one justice away, two Senate seats away, and three House seats away from having veto-proof majorities in the other two branches of government and they can completely nullify their Democratic governor. And I'm all for that happening because that would fit my agenda. Because my, my agenda is for the truth to come out. And one of the part of the message I gave to these folks when I was down there last weekend was I asked them to raise their hands. How many of you despise and are frustrated by the Republican Party? Like every damn hand went up. I said, you want to punish them? Let me tell you what to do. Give them veto proof majorities in the fall. That will be exceedingly painful where they have no excuse. All the, uh, the loincloth is gone. The fig leaf is gone. They have clearly the numbers. They can't say, oh, we'll get them next time. Or oh, we're just a couple more elections away. Nope. Hand them all that power. And then force them to act on it. Either way, it's like I said about Dobbs when it went to the court. Either way, I win. My agenda wins. I don't believe in the canard of voting GOP for better justices. I think whatever we've gotten out of that has been canceled out by all the bad we've gotten from the GOP. But if it works this time to overturn the most heinous Supreme Court decision since Brown or since Plessy versus Ferguson, I'll, I'll, I'll play. Okay. But then if it doesn't, I win too because it just proves that I'm right. It's a canard. I wasn't going to lose. Same thing here. You don't lose if you live in North Carolina and you give Republicans those majorities. You can't lose. Either you force them to act and they do, or you force them to act and they don't. Now, one's a more bitter lesson and a more bitter win to accept, but it's a win. The truth wins, right? The truth wins yes. in either of those circumstances. I'm about when can the truth win? If the truth can win, I will get involved. If the truth cannot win, I don't care who does. Now, this year, I actually think that there is an in, I, the truth has an interest in Republicans winning this fall, and here's why. And it has nothing to do with how bad Biden is, because I don't think Republicans in Washington will do a damn thing about it. They won't, they won't risk a government shutdown. They won't defund anything. They won't do anything. We saw this during the Tea Party years in Obama, and they'll just do the surrender caucus theater, and, and on and on and on and on it goes. And they'll vote 50 times to repeal Obamacare. We'll give them all the power to do it in 2020, and then will they do it? No, no. So stop me if you know this song. Okay. Here's why, though, I have a in 2018, I did something I hadn't done in almost a decade. I voted straight ticket Republican. Why? Because that was a direct rebuke of what Democrats had attempted with Kavanaugh as terrible of a Supreme Court justice as he's already been. That wasn't the point. We could not establish the precedent that if that if our side wins elections or your side wins elections and you nominate and you get to nominate those people, they get to just make stuff up whole cloth and destroy their character. If we if we did not oppose that and stop that, they would just continue it on ad infinitum. So that fit my agenda had nothing to do with Brett Kavanaugh. And I would urge you, by the way, to vote on your agenda. You're an American. We believe in individual rights. Vote on your agenda. Nobody else's. Vote on your agenda. Well, Steve, I believe that on Jesus' agenda. Well, if you're in Christ, that should be your agenda. Shouldn't have to clarify that for me, correct? Right? right. Okay. So please stop. You can save me your Jesus juke emails. That's just a waste of your time and mine. All right. But this fall, I believe the truth has, a, and there has a, my, my interest in the truth would be served by Republicans winning majorities. Because while I don't think they'll fight Biden on anything you care about, the border, inflation, because they won't be willing to use the weapons and, and tools they have to oppose him. The one thing I do think they will do some of, I don't know how much, 
But the one thing they'll do some of, because they know they just can't stand there for two for the next two years and have Mitch McConnell in front of a camera, root and branch, we can't do anything, we don't have to vote. They know they can't do that. So they got to give us something. And that's something they're going to give us, I believe, is maybe not to the extent I want or you want, but to more of the extent than we currently have, we're going to get to the truth on some of these things where COVID is concerned. Because there's going to be people that we have connections with, like a Rand Paul who endorsed our book, or a Ron Johnson who I've personally donated to. He's the only politician I have written a personal check to and I don't know how long. He's not even in my state. And it's just all about what he's done on COVID and the jab. There are, there are, there are some. There's not a lot. Right now, I looked yesterday at the Conservative Review Liberty Scorecard. There's only five U.S. senators that have A grades when they're in the minority, the Republicans are, and they can just sit there and vote no on all the bad stuff and lie to us. By the way, one of them is not my old boss, Ted Cruz. That just blew my mind, okay? I mean, he's like an 88, but an 88 for Ted Cruz feels kind of like a C minus, okay? Um, but there's only five that have A grades out of, out of 50 Republican senators. There's only 30 Republican House members out of 208 that have A grades, a grades right now. I mean, it, it, it's not like this administration and these Democrats don't give you an opportunity to vote no on a lot of bad stuff, right? Don't you think we should at least get more of them it that would, would at least so. lie to us maybe a few times, Okay. But that's also still not nobody either. We, we, still have, we, we still have more than a few friends in both of those chambers that will be having, that will be given some form of subpoena power that we can pressure and assist into getting some of this truth so that something like this never happens again, or it's a hell of a lot harder if it does. And so that's my interest. That's my interest. But it has nothing to do with sending Biden a message or saving America. You're not going to save America voting Republican this fall. I'm just not going to lie to you. You're not doing that. If you came here for slogans and empty butt taps, you picked the wrong show like 78 episodes ago. I'm never going to do that. When I look at Pennsylvania, that is my concern. Because we have a candidate in Mehmet Oz who despite having overwhelmingly higher name ID than everybody else and the Trump endorsement, I think still has a realistic shot to lose this primary. Because when you look at the two counties that have more votes out in Pennsylvania right now, they're, the, they're, they're, they're two of the best counties that McCormick performed in last night. And then there's early voting that still has to be counted as well. And that's where McCormick built his lead was in the early voting. He's the one that invested more in that process than anybody else in the race did. So what is it? A 2,800 vote lead is what Oz has right now. And we've got to finish counting the two counties and the early voting where McCormick built almost all of his lead originally. I think there is a, like, if I can't bet on political markets in Iowa, it's not legal. But right now, I think you get 35%. It's at least 45% McCormick's going to win. At least 45. Not saying you'll pill appeal, he will. But you don't, you don't bet based on whether you can predict an outcome. You bet based on whether there's good value on your money. If I could bet on that outcome right now, I'd be hammering the poop out of McCormick winning that race if I, if, if I could legally do that in Iowa, but I can't. But let's say Oz wins. He's already got high name ID. McCormick, who, McCormick doesn't have high name ID. You could at least craft a campaign around him that may not be true, but can re, you can rebrand him. You're not going to rebrand Mehmet Oz. Has very, very thin ties to the state. 
And oh, by the way, he's been wrong on every issue we care about. And his people just went out there and smeared a good Christian woman who's a veteran in public for the last two weeks. Is there a chance there could be a half a percent or a percent or one and a half percent of our people that just won't vote for him based on that? Do you know history? Hell yeah, there is. Democrats still hold a fairly significant voter registration advantage in the state. That could be the 51st seat right there next year. Whether Ron Johnson has has majority subpoena power to subpoena Pfizer, the DMED records, and all that other stuff we've been talking about on this show. It could be that race right there. So yeah, I care. But that's why I care. Because I care about me and I care about us. I don't give a damn about them because they don't give a damn about us. So you shouldn't give a damn about them either. We've made a lot of progress, but we were starting from a baseline of zero. I hope a lot of you kept copious notes of who spent the last couple of weeks, and it's not even just hackety, there were more. Keep copious notes of who absolutely went out there and smeared a good Christian woman as, quote, unelectable for saying outrageous things. Has Trump said some outrageous things? A few. A few. He also is the first Republican presidential candidate to win Pennsylvania since 1988. And probably won it twice. Keep copious notes of who did that to you. Because they will do that to you again if you don't. This isn't about them. It's not about gatekeepers. And it's not about the party. It's about us and our future and our way of lives. Always has been. Always will be. So forgive me, ran out of time there. I uh, lost track of the clock, but I, I want to close the loop on what I was just talking about. I've, I've seen too many people using the term electability. Define that. Is there a website, electability.com? Is there a place where I can go and quantify who is and what is electable or not? No, is the answer. The reason why this the system uses this term against us is specifically because it has no standard. The people that won't defend our standards don't want any standards, and they created a standard that isn't one in order to impose it as a standard upon us. Electability meant, in the old conservatives versus the establishment days, what it meant was, we don't want anybody to get elected that won't play ball with us. That's what it meant. But what does it mean now? Because this may surprise some of you. But just as I think there's no point into voting for people who aren't going to advance my agenda. I also don't think there's any point in voting for people who cannot win. Now, you have been taught all of your political lives that those two things are at odds. No, they're not. I present for you the governor of Florida, living proof of what I'm talking about. Winning an election by less than 40,000 votes just three years ago. 
and did he come in and do what the consultants always say to do when you when you when you wear by when you win by a, the the you know the the skin of your teeth election? Man, simmer down. Don't rock the boat. That was Absolutely, Utah. do not go after Disney. Yes, do not do. Don't go after any sacred cows. I mean, you got to build your base here. You got to raise your likability numbers. No, man, dude went for the throat. Because he realized if I govern this state well, I can believe whatever I want. And if I don't govern it well, it won't matter what I believe. I'm out. So just do the job well. The rest will take care of itself. And now we sit here five months from his reelection. And he's outraised every other Democrat candidate in the race. What was it? Like 20 to 1, 50 to 1 or something last week we saw? Yeah. Some kind of number I've just never seen. And Republicans have seen over a 300,000 voter registration swing advantage to them in the state by the strength of that leadership. It is not a choice between what's the point, because some of you will also go look for the can. Some of you are like that one small church that hasn't baptized even like the children of the of the of the elders in like 20 years. And that is just proof to you that you guys have really hunkered down and you're the ones that are truly following mere orthodoxy. No, you're just really suck at outreach and you bore everybody and that's why the kids left. There isn't any more virtue in a candidate that can only get two or three percent as there as 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 we're ascribing virtue to somebody because they can poll at twenty five. That doesn't define virtue at all. But that's if you do that by those standards, if you if you divorce electability from virtue and principle you're playing right into the system's hands because you'll always be you'll always be supporting candidates who aren't good at this they might be good at the issues but they don't work they can't raise money they can't build a base on their own they can't get out of their own way they're novices it's a job this is a job what i do there's a lot of people that are better looking than me for sure there's a lot of people that are smarter than me maybe I'm kidding. There's a lot of people certainly more likable. Well, we agree on that. Okay. But can they hold court on a show this long? Can they make it interesting for this long? Do they know how? Can they transition in and out of topics? Do they know how to set topics up? Can they do the job? Not are they better looking? Not are they more articulate? Not are they smarter? Can they? This is a job. Where the, the Blaze hired a talk show host, not a model. The Blaze hired a talk show host, not a comedian. The Blaze hired a talk show host, not an ideologue, right? The, the, the job description is host a talk show. Correct? Correct. Can you do the job? And that's the same for being a candidate. Can you do the job? And if you divorce the vocational aspects of this, you'll always be supporting the candidates that are tilting at windmills. There's no point to that either. But if you divorce the principles from this process, which we're far more guilty of, which I shouldn't be surprised because church strength tends to be determined by its numbers these days, not from the pe- the numbers of people sitting in the pews, not the power of the words coming from the pulpit. Amen. Amen. That tends to be what we determine as influence of a church these days. If we divorce principles from the vocational aspect, now we're just mercenaries. What is the point of that? They're not at odds. They've been two sides of the same coin the entire time. 
what we need people to be good at. And what makes them electable, because I could be wrong. I don't think I am, otherwise it wouldn't be my analysis. But I could be wrong. Maybe Mehmet Oz is more electable. I mean, given some of the things that have come out of the state of Pennsylvania recently, as Aaron pointed out, some of y'all might have a point. (laughs) Okay? But typically, forget forget where Oz is even at on the issues, because it's all bad. But just forget about that. The guy that has all the name ID and got the biggest endorsement in the field, and he can barely get above 30, this would be true if he was even good on our issues. That's a candidate with a low ceiling. There's not a lot of swing voters in Pennsylvania that don't know what a Mehmet Oz is, you know, that are going to be just completely reintroduced to this gentleman. That you can re, you can credibly rebrand. You can't do the Eric Fenstrom, as Romney's consultant used to say, the post-primary etch-a-sketch and just redraw him back up. Everybody knows who this cat is. So with all those advantages, if this is the best he can do, which is win by a recount or maybe lose by one, because again, if I could bet on that race, I would hammer that McCormick will win. That doesn't bode well for growing your base beyond that in a state where you still have a significant voter registration disadvantage. I can make that analysis about Mehmet Oz without even looking at where he's at on the issues. And I did so just on the vocational aspect of politics. We will not win. We will marginalize ourselves to ineffectiveness by divorcing the vocational aspect of politics from our principles. And we will reduce ourselves. There's transactionalism. I'm all for transactionalism. I help the Blaze sell a certain amount of ads, generate a certain amount of downloads. They pay me for that. That's a transaction. Aaron produces the show to my satisfaction. That's a transaction. Todd assists and edits my content to my satisfaction. That is a transaction, correct? Yes. You guys agree to perform those tasks to my satisfaction. Therefore, it is a mutual transaction, correct? Yes. Everything is transactionalism. What is the term when, 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 when the Greek word, when Paul says you were bought at a high price, the Greek word, by the way, is where we get our word redeem, like coupon redeeming. Like when a manufacturer buys back a portion of the cost of the product in order to uh, give you grace to try it. That's what that word, that's the, that's the Greek root word definition of that word. That is a transaction. It's just God is the one that is paying the cost on our behalf. But a transaction took place. God's wrath had to be satisfied. Everything is a transaction. Everything is. It's just a matter of whether it's a mutually beneficial one or not. And if you divorce principles from the vocational aspect of politics, we go from transactionalism to mercenaries. We're now soulless. We've done this for 30 years. How has that worked? And I find it ironic. A lot of you turned to Trump to end this transactionalism. And now there's a portion of you that are just like, well, that's who Trump supports. So that's who I'll vote for. Or soulless transactionalism, I should say. 
I mean, do we want Trump to topple the system or not? Or do we just want him to rebrand it? Because I don't think that will work. We have to define what electability means. Otherwise, it'll be used as a wedge against us forever. That's why I spoke out yesterday against Mark Levin. It's just simply not true to say that that her views on homosexuality and Islam don't make her electable in a state like Pennsylvania with a guy who offended almost everyone is the first Republican to win the state since 1988. And oh, by the way, let's just say Mark's right and I'm wrong, and that is true. Then there's really no point to us participating in the political process. We've got, we really should just go into full-time evangelism and, and terraforming mode as, as Puritans. Because we're not allowed to lie about what we believe. We're not allowed to cover whom we serve. We're not allowed to deny our Lord for worldly gain. And we're to fear the one who can not just destroy the body, but cast the soul into hell, not just the one who can destroy the body or deny us an election. There's no place for us in a process where that is true. So the good thing is that it's not true. It's just not true, which is why I pushed back. It's not true. We cannot replace a shibboleth with another. We cannot have meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I'm happy to admit every time Trump has smashed a shibboleth and done something I never thought he has he would do when I opposed him. Every time he's done that, have I not owned up to that on this show from the, from day one of his presidency? Have I not done that? Right. And at the same time, every time he does not do that, I will not apologize for it or lie to you about it. With him and Rick Grinnell and Sean Hackety. And a few others, what they're trying to set up now is a new, is, is just their own version of electability. Electability means, so you want to know what Rick Grinnell's problem is with Kathy Barnett? You know what it is. So let me just say it out loud. She's too Christian for him. She doesn't believe homosexuality and Christianity mix because she's read a Bible. That's his issue. He wants homosexuality mainstreamed. That's the issue. That's why he came after her so hard. That's why he came after Ali Stuckey so hard. Because I guarantee she was already on his radar for the whole Dave Rubin thing. See, this is just, we're just changing gatekeepers now. And maybe there are gatekeepers that you might like more. My, you know, I mean, I'm a Protestant. We had a Reformation 500 years ago. I ain't big on gatekeepers. And I think the Catholic here to my right may not be a Protestant but he's really not in much of a gatekeeper mood either, given the state of what the gatekeepers are doing to your church right now. Is that a fair characterization? Sure, sure. At the very least, you'd like a democratized gatekeeper process if you think that I might be too revolutionary and radical. Is that fair? We can talk. Yeah, we certainly could use a few less gatekeepers. I don't want to be your new gatekeeper. Don't make me your new gatekeeper. I won't take, I refuse the job. I'm like Dolly Parton. I will not accept the, in, the induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't do rock and roll. I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not, I'm not, that's not the kind of leader I want to be. I will not do that job. I'm not qualified for it because nobody is. It's an invite to ask someone to disappoint you. Gatekeeper is just another term for expert. Gatekeeper is just another term for elite. Gatekeeper is just another term for infallibility. 
Have we any recent evidence at all that expertism as a religion, gatekeeperism as a religion, might not be the best way to govern ourselves? Can you guys think of anything that's come up in recent times that has demonstrated that is a shibboleth of the damned? Anything come to mind at all? Well, Nothing? We, we wrote a book about a guy named yeah, Fauci. Yeah, that's a bad idea. I'm trying to give you, I don't want to be your new leader. Some guy says, hey, the people are being a new leader, Steve, and you're looking for a new leader. Step into the void. No, I'm trying to give you your power back. I'm trying to give it back to you. Not reclaim it for myself. Not become the new so-and-so. The next in line. I might get hit by a bus tomorrow. I might do something stupid or scandalous 10 minutes from now. Then what? Don't put that, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. No. I'm trying to give you your power back. I thought that's what you said you wanted. That's what I'm trying to do. Give it to you. But like the Lord said to the Israelites, when he gave them their power back, he then said, but you must go and claim it. I have given you the land, but you must go and take it. You guys must take it. Don't look for new gatekeepers. Trump is at his absolute best and a weapon of righteous mass destruction when he's doing when he's operating on your agenda. And he's self-destructive in everything I ever feared he was always going to be when he operates on his own. Assert your power. I'm not your Aragorn. I'm not the new guy. You are. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, you're the hero of this story. You were always meant to be. That's how this thing was founded. You're the hero. The most powerful being in the universe looked at his human followers and said, you will do even greater things than what you've watched me do these last three years. And he told them, wait, wait in the upper room until the power comes to you. Wait in the upper room until the power comes to you. Sean Hannity doesn't want you to have that power. Most of Fox News, except for maybe 8 o'clock Eastern, doesn't either. I'm not interested in being your new gatekeeper. I won't take the job if appointed. I refuse it. I'm interested in giving you your power back. But then you have to go and use it. And Pennsylvania is a cautionary tale in this entire process of everyone's worst instincts operating simultaneously at the exact same time. And it may, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't. Now, on the other hand, if we if you could get to 51 without Mehmet Oz, if he's the nominee, I'm totally cool with him losing. What the hell do I care if he's the 53rd or 54th Republican? Do you care? No. Oh, I don't care either. But he better not be, he, it better not be on Mehmet Oz to be 51, though, if you know what I'm saying. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm fine if he goes down goes down in flames if he's 53 or 54, but he better not be 51. Hour two is next. Back with hour two coming up. Buy, sell, or hold, one of our most fun and popular segments each week, as well as the weekly profit of Woe and Lamentation, who is also one of our most popular segments, but don't tell him that. He'll hate you for it. (laughs) That's actually, 
If you know Daniel, that's actually true. I am Steve Dace. Uh, he is Todders and he is Aaron McIntyre. And that's what we totally dig about him. Yes, yes. we do. It's endearing, indeed. Uh, you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. We should tell the audience, every week when you connect with Daniel, and I mean, this, yeah. this has happened for years. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. week, every yeah. week, he's got, he's in the middle of uh, six wars. He's in the middle of five email blasts. Oh, uh, man, hold on a second. I got to kill this person. Give me a minute. Every single week. What a moron. Yes. The, the, the connection process with Daniel. It's too bad the audience doesn't get to hear that during Why the, during the break. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> This has gone on for years, every That's week. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I've never, I've never seen someone with, with a deeper well of spite in my life, and I totally dig that, yes, man. Absolutely. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter, and get clips of the show at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And thanks to all of you that are podcast devotees. Appreciate each and every one of you. Please leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. Thank you to all of you that have done one of those things for us already. And thank you as well uh, to our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust because it can be a very painful situation to find out too late that you're with, you're with an agent that you cannot trust. That is what Glenn Beck and some of his friends found out the hard way. They didn't want that to happen to you. So they started this company called realestateagentsitrust.com to help you find a real estate agent, especially to guide your way through these unprecedented times. Bang. Indeed. <laughs> it gets me every time the close up. I love it. All right. So make sure you've got an agent that can help you from open to close or throughout the entire looking process. If you're on the buying end or if you're like what I did the last time I did this, selling and buying at the exact same time, just about anywhere you want to do one or all of those things uh, and get out of or to, uh, they can help you find a rate, an agent you can trust when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. And that brings us to buy, seller hold. And each week, Aaron will, uh, with a lot of help from you in the audience, throw to you and me, Todd, uh, a series of questions and a series of statements or predictions, lists. You and I will decide no topic is off limits. You and I will decide, hey, you know, I like that. We'll buy it or no, totally disagree. Sell it. Uh, once per episode, you are permitted to use a hold. But if it's for any reason other than you cannot believe Aaron even allowed something so lame to get on the air. You are going to have to uh, post a video, a TikTok video of reenacting the stick figure graphic that we have on the special Tyga Coolers Lindsey Graham customized lid. See, all of these every day, they make me go to that Black Mirror episode. And so now. This segment is one of the reasons why you drink so much of that Bonner private it wine. Is. Yes, it is. Almost exclusively. <laughs> All right, Todd, let's, or Aaron, let's get to it. We'll begin with Dumbledore's army with uh, kind of an interesting out there uh, submission. If we allowed people to write their own marriage contracts rather than having standardized legal definitions for everyone, America would be a much better place. Mm, sell. Hmm. Tell me why you're going to sell. That, that's basically what's happening by default Correct. now, isn't it? Correct. Um, yeah. I does, does what does he mean yeah, in terms of what the terms and conditions are? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um 
That's it's like an old-fashioned like dowry system. Is that what he's referring to? It must but, be. But, but Maybe. Why get married? Did that, what is marriage? What's a football? Why don't you just hang out? I don't. That's the thing. Why? I'm going to sell because I don't know what this means. I would I would need further clarification on what this means. Why did you select it? Because I thought it was interesting. I, I thought there was a number of ways, like you just um, like you gotcha. just illustrated that you yeah. could be that this could be taken. Okay. And remember, gay marriage that was not about wanting to be part of something. It was about wanting to destroy marriage. Yeah. Or does he mean it? Hey, uh, I get sex five times a week. Um, you promised to, you promise her to make a certain standard of living. You know what I'm trying to say? Is that, was that what he means by it? If that's what it means, do you buy or sell? Uh, I would, I would sell. And, and here's, so if we go with that meaning, here's why I would sell. Because if being married and almost not being married has taught me anything over the last 25 years, it is that. Trying to make this work by some assurance or guarantee that the other party will meet your needs is exactly how it won't stay together for 25 years. That's the lesson I've learned. That, it, that it's got to be about a lot more than an itemization of met needs. That's why I'll sell. Todd's already a sell. We'll uh, move on. Linford Hurst, if Trump hadn't endorsed anyone in the Pennsylvania Senate race, McCormick and Barnett would be the top two vote getters. I know people who voted for McCormick over Barnett because, quote, he's more, uh, Linford says winnable, but I think he means electable. I, I would buy that. Yeah. People are very shallow. We have just as many low information voters in our own ranks as the other side does. They just have different sources for low information. Um, if, if, I mean, think about the fact Guys, Barnett was outspent yep. 378 to 1 on television until Club for Growth came in with a million dollar ad buy for her the final weekend of, or the final week of the campaign, which meant she was now being outspent on television 368 to 1. She got hammered all kinds of free media from uh, Sean Hannity, an hour a night on Fox News and for three hours on his show. My understanding is Levin went after her for numerous hours on his radio show the other night. She still got 25%. She still actually outperformed her polling in several surveys. She absolutely would have won and has nothing to do, again, with what her stances are on the issues. I'm just looking at, again, I'm just looking at the, the, the fundamentals. She absolutely would have won with Trump's endorsement. Absolutely. Mehmet Oz would have absolutely finished third without it. And a distant one. In fact, if, 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 the, if the endorsement flips, Oz is below where Barnett is right now. He's below 25. Because I think he was 18 or 19 before the Trump endorsement. So he's below 25. Barnett is in the mid to high 30s with a Trump endorsement. Oh, and the stuff going on in Pennsylvania with, um, is it, I want to make sure I pronounce it right this time. Is it Lancaster? Is that how it's pronounced? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. The, can- the big county that starts with an L, all right? And then Allegheny, 
I was telling you guys this 18 hours ago on Twitter that I had sources on the ground there telling me that they had machines that couldn't read ballots, and so they were trying to reformulate what the ballots meant. Allegheny County um, is a county of 1.2 million people that ran out of Republican ballots, and so they were having people at the end of the day at one precinct voting via one, in a county of a million, voting via one voting machine. Like nothing was learned from 2020 because they didn't have to learn anything. They didn't have to. Nobody was punished, you know? So, um, but I, I, what McCormick was able to do here, because I still think there's a realistically good chance he's going to pull this out. What he was able to do, I think I told you guys, knowing Jeff Rowe, because I used to work with and for him, if I were advising Jeff, which is what he did, I'd have just let Oz and Barnett kill each other down the stretch here and try to have my guy kind of run up the middle and be the third guy, you know, the third wheel. That looks like it may work. At the very least, it has McCormick's the only is the candidate that's outperforming his polling right now because a lot of the polls had him in third. So there you go. But this is where, we, again, goes back to what we discussed last hour. We have got to get a handle on what the term electability means. Because I don't, I don't care who is at the helm, whether it's Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell. Yeah, if it's Donald Trump at the helm, it'll work to your favor far more often because it'll never work to your favor with Mitch McConnell. But if it, in the end, if this is really about draining the swamp as opposed to elevating new gatekeepers that I just like more than the old ones, okay, if that's what you're into, this is just, you and I aren't going to be on the same team. You know, we'll, we'll agree at times, but you and I won't, you know, we, we won't be a part of a team. But if you want to, you know, if you want the swamp drained, if you want power to return to you and the people, then um, we can't just exchange gatekeepers here. And we got to get a handle on what the term electability means. Otherwise, they're going to use this against us all the time. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Todd, did you? Uh, I, uh, I you already sold. Yep. Okay. Uh, uncomfortably dumb. I love that this name. one. I love that. The name. slow demise of American cultural family values can be boiled down to two simple reasons. One, fathers haven't been sacrificial leaders in the home. Buy, sell, or hold. Bye. Absolute buy. Yes. Two, mothers have been defiled as women, uh, or deified, I should say, as women, and don't respect or support the father as the head of the family. Do you buy that one? Absolutely. Now, I mean, the uh, ultimately... We have to address those two things happened because of the godlessness in our homes. Okay. But if we acknowledge that from the beginning and say that these are now the next two symptoms that will present itself once that once that contagion is 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 introduced to a host, what are the symptoms that you would the primary two symptoms that you would display to show that that contagion has has invaded a host? Those would be two of the primary symptoms for sure. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll sell on the second one. It, it, it's actually one of the symptoms, but I, and I'm not sure if my answer is in the right context, but I would put in the, the, the schools, uh, the family simply defaults too much to the, the kindness, the expertise, the good intentions, what have you, it gives them way too much authority that it never was supposed to have. I think that's a product, though, of these two things. Put those back up there for just a second, Aaron. All right? So, 
A, that's fathers not being sacrificial leaders in the home, outsourcing that to the system. That's B, women being deified, uh, mothers being deified as women who tend to be non-confrontational as a default and nurturing and trusting. I think that's actually part of that. That may lend itself to what is the point that you talked about. But it's weird. It's a, it's a, um, they're all symptoms and causes. Yes, correct. They all feed off of each other. Yep. John Baxter says the Friday show should be permanently turned into the Blazes version of Fox's outnumbered, a lot of attractive cool chicks and one guy. Paul Alexander buys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buying their Salaton. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jailbird says, by the end of the year, Fox News will have to decide who to keep or ditch, Tucker or Hannity. Oh, sell. Yeah. They're both uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Tucker is his own kingdom, guys. Like, he's, I don't think, I think he has his own place in Florida, studio staff dedicated to him. I mean. He is the, he is the channel. Right he now. is the channel. He, he tiptoes between the raindrops. He's untouchable because they know if they ever let him go. Like Tyler and Gaston would like call me and say, hey, man, we got to let you go to bring Tucker in. And I'd be like, I'm all for it. I mean, they, they know that Fox knows they cannot lose him. He's by far their most bankable star, even though I'm sure they detest the content that he puts on TV, particularly the Murdoch family on most nights. Um, so absolutely, they can coexist because they, they don't really exist in the same ecosystem now. They're just on two. They're on the same channel. But it's not like they're running by, they're brushing by each other there at the Fox building in, in Manhattan on a daily basis. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I'll sell on that. Agreed. Next is Calvin McRae. There is a new housing bubble brewing, he says. Despite the Fed's declaration that rates will keep climbing to fight inflation, everyone will ignore it and keep trying to sell their houses at inflated costs, which in turn forces them into new mortgages with higher rates. Unless the bubble pops, like we had in 2008, correct. Particularly because, you know, I mean, I, I, I saw a, a lot of suburbs in North Carolina this weekend. I live in a suburb here in Iowa. You don't see a lot of, you were just out there house hunting. Yep. It ain't like there's a huge glut in the market of no, available homes in those areas, there's right? Not. So that lends itself to this as well with a supply chain issue. So, yeah. Unless the bubble pops, and maybe what you're describing, Calvin, is what causes a 2008 bubble to eventually pop. But barring that event, I agree. Bye. Sure. Okay. Next, we go to Alexander Rogers, who has the top rock deep tracks of the 90s. All right. We'll just go with the top uh, 10 here. Uh, Hung by the Moon, Better Than Ezra by Friction Baby. Have you ever heard of that? Um. I hate most this of these, list. Most of these I've heard of. Okay, I, 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 we're st- um, I hate this list because I'm an ugly American, and like put that put that back up there. Okay, um, I want to hear Monkey Wrench and not listen to Food Fighters for deep thoughts. Uh, I want to hear December and not um, She Gathers Rain. Um, I want to hear semi-charmed life because it's got a cool beat and it's easy to sing along to and not narco. See where I'm getting at this? You're talking about, you're talking to the guy who won't move to a place that cannot get pizza delivery and would, and prefers tox Taco Bell to authentic Mexican food. So no, I, I don't like this list on any level. I sell the whole thing. I am uh, an ugly American. 
I want to keep my music shallow. The deepest I want to think about a song is what what line from Lord of the Rings did Led Zeppelin lift that lyric from? That's the deepest I want to get into it, man. So I'm a sell whole cloth. I got through about 10 on there and I only recognized one song. So I've got a, but it was deep track. So I guess you proved your point, Alexander. Sorry, Uh, Alexander. and and, And Alexander, I prefer my deep tracks to be at church. Oh, there's a See Jesus what I did Duke. There? Oh, I just Jesus oh, Duke somebody man. else for a change. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. how's it feel? Yeah. Do you feel dirty? A little bit. Yeah. But I kind of feel good about it. Fedigator says Kevin McCarthy will not be elected Speaker of the House if GOP successfully takes back the House this year. So uh, Trump always needs a scapegoat. McCarthy is his guy. So McCarthy, Trump will make sure McCarthy is Speaker. And then if Trump takes over and McCarthy's a failure, he can get rid of him in as president in 24 and look like a hero. So that's uh, Trump's game with McCarthy. Um, he is just being propped up to Trump's devices. And if he does and if he's popular after these two years of a House majority when, and if Trump comes back in 24, he'll get to stay. And if he's not, Trump will remove him and put something like somebody like Elise Stefanik in as speaker, as, as, as speaker to do his will. I'll buy. I just have to. But you're right. Next up, Izzy says the January 6th, I love this submission, the January 6th quote-unquote bomber was the backup plan in case they couldn't incite enough people to enter the Capitol. That's why it was memory hold. They were going to get the narrative they wanted no matter what. Wow. Bye. Wow. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm going to buy just because... It's it's a it's a brilliant assertion, even if it might be more brilliant than they are, but it would certainly answer the question as to why that story, because it, you would think, you know, if we want to we want to set an example, we want to make sure this riot never ever this insurrection never happens again, right? You would think you'd you'd absolutely want to expose those who either were going to pull off the plot. Or faked, fake threatened it, right? Hoaxed it, right? Mm-hmm. And make an example out of them. They they would be the poster children. They're your Lee Harvey Oswald patsies here, right? To justify everything else you're doing to the rest of these you're, people you're that are indefinitely me, true detained. True, the vote can identify right thousands of ballot traffickers, but the United States federal government can't identify a bomber. No, amen. No, that's no. that's no. that's cash money, homie. I'll buy that one. Yeah. Yep, I am. Next up, Sean Griffith says, buy, sell, or hold. If the Antichrist were here today, he would probably want to control and monitor the following. Smart cars and trucking fleets. Buy, sell, or hold. I see where this is going. Buy. Sure. Okay. Buy. Big social media platforms. I, I see where this is going. Buy. A worldwide satellite system. Buy. Yeah. And uh, probably want to implant chips in our head to control and monitor us. Uh, buy. And there's another one, too, that he just doesn't have the, the space for because of Twitter's limitations. Um, he'd also probably make sure to ingratiate himself to both sides of the political aisle at different stages of his of his ascension so that he would have unilateral here. He'd have bilateral uh, credibility and popularity um, when and if the time for his ultimate ascension is nigh. Right. Yeah. You know, like announcing, for example, I've voted Democrats my entire life. I'm going to vote Republican here for the very first time ever. I see where this is going, right? Okay. So I don't believe that Elon Musk is the Antichrist. Because he's, and, here, and here's why. Him specifically. Because he's too known. He's too much of a known commodity. 
Okay. Uh, he's too transparently known. But, like I said the other day, there's a much better chance he is than Klaus Schwab for all the reasons that Sean puts in his in, in this tweet. So I will buy it on, on, in, based on the spirit of it. Yep. Next, we head on to Ryan. The Detroit Lions will win a Super Bowl before Michigan wins another national championship. That's just... I was just waiting to see your reaction. Um, You're taking that one pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I, I get where he's going, going with that. I mean, Michigan's won one in since, uh, 1997. Um, that's the last one they won. And the Lions have one playoff win since 1957. So I, I get where he's going. The math I'm doing in my head is, cause I actually think that the people running the Lions for the first time since I have been a fan. The Lions have had lots of good teams. They went to the playoffs almost every year when they had Barry Sanders. They just only won one game. But when they have been good, it just kind of happened, right? Like, hey, we suck, so we drafted Matthew Stafford number one. And then the next year, Stafford got hurt and barely played as a rookie, so we sucked again, and we drafted Ndamukong and Sue, right? Or, hey, the Packers took Tony Mandrich, so we got Barry Sanders. Like, random, th- random events that largely were not within their control or they did not attempt to orchestrate hey we sucked and drafted billy sims number one stuff just happens um this is the first time since i've and i've been a fan since i was 10 years old in 1983 that i see a plan doesn't mean i know that if they can orchestrate it or execute it right but that you can see that they have a plan and a vision for building a franchise and in the nfl as the bengals just proved guys i mean the bengals had a longer playoff drought of winning a playoff game than the lions did and they just you know came within a fourth down stop of maybe winning a Super Bowl, right? So in the NFL, if you've got a plan and you can hit um, snake eyes with it in a, in a parody-driven league, a lot can happen. So so what's harder that the Lions, what's harder, what's harder accepting? That the Lions have a plan or would come up with one that would ever work or that Michigan could be, could break into the, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, shall we say, player procurement stratosphere to get to that next level of program, if you know what I'm saying, G. Okay. What do you think is more likely? The former. The former that the Lions have a plan? Yep. Knowing how much Michigan loves its self-righteousness, and I think the people running the university would much rather prefer not winning national championships and then being able to still be really good, but then bitch about how they're morally superior than cheaters. That's like the wet dream scenario for Michigan's administration and a certain portion of its intelligentsia. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. It's more likely the lions will win a super bowl. Okay. I'll buy because there won't even be college football pretty soon. Cause we're destroying it. Oh, there's that reason too. Hopefully they don't destroy it though, before the new college football game from EA Sports comes out next year, so I can at least play that one more time. Destroy it after that, please. Uh, another college football one real quick from our mutual friend Paul, not Paul Alexander. Um, which one of our three teams would you, if you were forced to buy them being in the 2023 Rose Bowl, would you buy? Wisconsin. I'd buy Michigan. But but Wisconsin is not that far. Yeah, I could, well, I could see I could see Michigan, too, if, you know, if they're like... 11 and 0 and 10 and 1 and yep. lose to uh, lose to um um Ohio State at the end. I could see that too. I mean, the Rose Bowl really wanted Michigan last year, so I could see that. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with Michigan too, but I think I think Wisconsin and Michigan are both much more likely than Iowa oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, I'm a coin flip between those two, but 
I'll say Michigan. Next up, based traveler says Kathy Barnett's run forced Sean Hannity to dedicate uh, two of his shows to dumping dumping on a real conservative, which permanently damaged his brand. The exposure is ultimately a net quote unquote win for us. Sell. Sell. Why are you going to sell? I don't think anything was Sean- really exposed. I, I, I mean, people. People are entrenched. Uh, people and are easily fooled. Uh, they uh, they want the Trump rebranding uh, of the swamp to just be swamp swamp Mar-a-Lago version. I need to see way way more to see we've learned any lessons from one election in Pennsylvania. Now Sean Hannity is irrelevant. If we're actually all. You know, taking the time to practice our civic duty. This is actually the most relevant thing he's done in his career is inject himself into this race, in my view. Um, but I, I, I'm going to sell too, but, uh, but I only because I want to make sure what's the exact wording of I that. I said, just, just to be clear, I said he is irrelevant if we're actually being uh, and practicing our civic duty, just so you know. Okay. I want go back to his tweet. Let me see it again. Uh, permanently damaged. Um, Actually, I'm going to buy this. I, I don't know how big of a, of a group of people that is true with, but it's. I think it's absolutely true of some. I think there is absolutely a group of people who were blown away. Now, they shouldn't have been. That's tragic. That just goes to show they're kind of low information themselves. But I do think there's another layer of people that were... In, that have been that will be permanently disappointed by what they've witnessed from him here in the last week. I do agree with that. I just don't know how large that group is. I don't know. Next textbook Fundy says top major league baseball dynasties that never were each having won only one title. Number five, the 82 to 87 St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they lost two games, seven wins in the world series, you know? So, I mean, that's pretty heartbreaking, but okay. All right. I don't know that was a dynasty. That was just a return to form. The Cardinals kind of had a a valley before that, but they're a historically great franchise, so I don't really buy the premise with that one. Number four, the 17 to 21, this deck, or this uh, millennium, or century, whatever, uh, LA Dodgers. I'll sell, because that's still ongoing, and they just won the World Series, yeah. and we don't know where that one goes yet, so I'm going to sell on that one. It's, that's premature. I will also sell their one Super Bowl, not Super Bowl, World Series win was the COVID win, mm-hmm. bubble win to, uh, yeah, sell. 86 to 90 Mets. Yeah, that is a team that should have won more than one, uh, given how loaded it was. Um, I think that, I, to me, there's an obvious team you're missing on the list looking at it from that exact same era. It's very similar to the story of the Mets, the 84 Tigers winning his team of the decade, and that's the only world series they won and that's the only one they actually even got to despite all of that talent but i'm fine with the mets being on that list given your given the way you're describing it i'm fine with it i'm kind of i don't agree i don't i don't agree with your definition but since we're playing by your definition i agree with both the cardinals and the mets right the the mets and the mets are one of the most talked about franchise in our adult life steve so yeah i think and that's 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 just when you talk about how much cocaine they did yes 88 to 90 A's. Um, no. I mean, they um, lost it in 88. They won it in 89. They got swept by the Reds in 90 in one of the biggest World right. Series upsets ever. 
Yeah, I think that, yeah. given again your parameters, that I think that belongs on the list for sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the 91 to 2000 Atlanta Braves. Well, obviously. I think, and regardless, even, now I think this would apply if, if even we went with our own definitions. I mean, you win the division, what was it, 14 years in a row or something like that, and win one World Series. Yes. Yeah, that, that belongs on the list. I would agree. I'll, I'll, I'll sell. I think that's a genuine dynasty. That level of excellence that long. I'll give it to him. All right, we've got uh, ten more submissions. We'll get to in in overtime, but that's it for uh, for the main show. All right, excellent. So we will get to the weekly profit of woe and lamentation here in just a few moments. Daniel Horowitz. We will of course get his thoughts on what happened in primary night. You know, we were talking about. I can't wait to ask him about Idaho. We you know how worked up I was a couple of weeks ago that a bunch of people voted for Mandel and and Vance and then turned around and voted for Mike Dewine. Apparently, their rhino governor won in a rout in the same election where like nine Republican incumbent state house members lost in primaries. How does how does that happen simultaneously? All right, we'll ask Daniel about that and more when we return. If you are thinking of or uh, maybe about to go ahead and go in on a mortgage uh, loan, a home uh, refi loan, or an automobile or business loan, hit the pause button for just a second and check out our friends over at ScoreMaster because it's not just about whether or not you can get approval for the loan, but the terms of that loan as well. And the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score as many as 60 points in just about three weeks just from having the actual knowledge, not just of your score. A lot of your uh, you know, credit card companies will tell you your score whenever you want nowadays, but will they tell you why you have the score you have and walk you through that process transparently? Because ScoreMaster does. Will they then tell you how you can get to the score you want and what steps you need to take to get there? ScoreMaster will do that as well. Uh, it takes just a few moments for free to find out how many plus points you can add to your score and then you can sign up from there and decide if you want to go ahead and assist them in, or have them assist you in reaching that goal. When you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve, it's so simple. It takes just a couple of minutes when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, our good friend, our colleague, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my brother. And to, last night, of course were the primaries in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, where I just spoke throughout the state over the weekend. But obviously, the Pennsylvania Senate primary took center stage last night. What was going on in that Senate primary and the sudden and uh, controversial emergence of one Kathy Barnett, that became the biggest political story in the country there for about a week and a half. We we saw member elite members of conservative media uh, go after her, essentially uh, playing gate, the role of gatekeeper, nothing says drain the swamp come kind of like uh we're just the new gate we're just exchanging gatekeepers here we're the new ones she's not electable etc i've discussed this in depth already with my audience for an hour the whole canard of electability and why they use that as a standard against our candidates because it's not a definable standard and so therefore they can just use it as a never-ending club etc but i want to give you the floor now and and and, and a big picture because I'm going to ask you about the craziness happening in Idaho here in a minute. But the big picture of what we learned from primary night last night and maybe the last couple of primary nights. 
Sure. So, I mean, big picture, you have to involve uh, Idaho in that analysis, which, of course, only the left is actually talking about it because conservatives don't tend to care about what matters. And the left will tell you what they care about. The left fears this coming of a far right Idaho legislature. So that is an important story. And the reason why it's important is because, Steve, how is it that on the one hand, they're crowing that the Pasha might win or if not him, McCormick, but, you know, Kathy lost. So the establishment, you know, they wanted the establishment. They rejected these January 6th, you know, uh, right wing uh, storming the Capitol types. That's kind of the narrative. But then on the other hand, for governor, which, again, you know, I think that's 100 times more important. You get a trifecta governance in Pennsylvania. You get the whole state, even if you got Kathy in there. So what? You get three conservatives in the Senate, a body of 100 rather than two. Um, For governor, Doug Mastriano just walked away with it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and he's the epitome of the January 6th type of candidate. I mean, Doug Mastriano um, was on Emerald Robinson's show on Mike Lindell's platform this morning, okay? Yep. If a, a guy who was playing a MAGA role to win a primary doesn't show up the morning after he wins on Emerald Robinson's show on Mike Lindell's platform. So that just goes to your point, Daniel. Exactly. So how do you answer that? And then likewise, in Idaho, on the one hand, uh, Chicken Little, the governor, did win by a 20-point margin. But on the other hand, uh, it appears that – put it this way. In the Idaho State Senate, roughly 22 Republican incumbents stood for re-election. 11 of them got Mm. canned. That's even more than I thought. I thought it was nine. It's 11. Okay. 11 got canned, 10 in the House, 11 in the Senate – And a lot of new seats, open seats went conservative and a lot of others like I'm just looking now, even the Senate pro temp, he only got like 53 to 47. Um, A lot, a lot of them came pretty close. So there's something going on there. So how do you square this? So my big picture view is this. When it comes to statewide elections, they are controlled by name ID and money. And, And I've seen that for years. So governor, senator. Yeah. Governor, senator, big ticket items, especially a state like like Pennsylvania, big state, diverse state. Philadelphia is a top um, three, top five television market. Yep. Pittsburgh's not is certainly a major market, et cetera. Gotcha. Major market, northeast, mm-hmm. um, pretty wide state, lots of counties. Um, so, uh, you know, the Sultan and McCormick, both of them raised something like 16 million apiece. Kathy, at least of the filings, was only 1.7 million, got a little bit of an infusion later, but you could say it was outspent five to one. So, And mixed with that is it's not like they're running ads, hey, I'm the Turkish Pasha and I'm a quintessential biomedical um, doctor fascist and I love masks and transgenderism. I'm, I'm Oz and I approve the message. That's not how they run. They run on our issues. I mean, and McCormick, you know, he had Ted Cruz's endorsement. He ran as a traditional conservative. Had the Cruz political operation, Jeffro and his company exactly. is who's running that operation. It, yeah, it's very murky. So we are plagued by a lack of money, name ID, muddled conservative figures, muddling it, Trump muddling it, uh, dividing the vote because then you had like, Two other candidates that if they would have all went to Barnett, could be she could have pulled it out. We always split the vote. Same thing with with Idaho. Um, you know, Brad Little at the end of the day only got 52 percent. So, you know, now you might say he still would have won. But keep in mind, it never became a race because there were other candidates dividing it. So they knew he'd always win with a plurality no matter what. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy of momentum. And had Trump come and worked it, you know, she could have won. Uh, Raul Labrador, 
defeated a 22-year incumbent Rhino attorney general in Idaho the same night. He had a little bit more name ID, more yeah, money. He's a, a former congressman, so he's got to have huge name ID. Right. A little bit more put together, and, and and there was another conservative splitting the vote, but he still actually won 51 percent, an outright majority. We would have won the secretary of state there, but we split the vote. So uh, probably the rhino will win with with 43 percent, but we would have won there. So what I'm saying is we're plagued by all these problems, but at a low ticket level. OK, in Kentucky, in northern Kentucky, three committee chairmen in the House were canned in Pennsylvania. Both the House and Senate Appropriations Committee chair were canned. And in Idaho, there was just a sea change in the entire uh, legislature there. Um, that is something that doesn't happen very often. So it tells me that when the barrier to entry is low enough that you can get enough money to get out your message for a state or local race, our people will win. Um, and in the case of Doug Mastriano, he had the name ID and the and – the establishment unusually did not have an 800 pound gorilla in the room. They just didn't really have a candidate with a bunch of money and machinery and endorsements. So he was able to pull away with it. The point is they're not voting for their stuff for pharma and the chamber and the Mitch McConnellism. Uh, they all want our, what we have to offer, but it's death by a thousand cuts that if we don't change our game, this is going to keep happening. I said earlier that I only care about my my beliefs and my self-interests. And I think it's in my self-interest this year that Republicans get majorities in both houses of Congress, not because I think they'll do anything to stop Biden's agenda, because we went through this in the Tea Party years, and it's the same people in charge or their, or their uh, protégés that we had a decade ago. So we already know they won't leverage any power, a shutdown, or anything to do anything substantive. But I do think there's at least some chance a guy like a Ron Johnson in majority with a subpoena power or a Rand Paul could get us some truths to what went on with COVID that we need to know uh, to help us improve the odds that something like that can't happen again. And that's certainly within my agenda. So I'm in favor of I'm in favor of getting involved to, to that end, not because I give a rip about the Republican Party. And so as far as that's concerned, I, that, that's my one of my beyond his belief system, I'm, which is clearly an, an issue for guys like you and I were ideologues. But Mehmet Oz came into this with all the name ID already. Then he gets the Trump endorsement. I still think there's a realistic chance he is going to lose there. He's only up by 2,800 votes. You look at the counties that still need to be counted. They are McCormick counties. McCormick invested in early voting. That still needs to be counted. I, I think there's a realistic chance Oz will still lose. But let's say he wins. He's got all of the baggage you just talked about. He's got all the name ID I just talked about. He already got the Trump rocket fuel. That's a low ceiling candidate to me. That, that's you, you could rebrand a McCormick, who still a lot of people don't know. You could certainly rebrand a Barnett to a general election audience. The general election audience in a state where, where Democrats still have several hundred thousand more voter registrations than Republicans are all going to know Mehmet Oz. And it, it, that could be the 51st Senate seat. Now, if he's the 53rd Senate seat or the 54th, I'm totally fine if he goes down in flames because we don't need him occupying the Mitt Romney space uh, against us for another six years. What are your thoughts? Um, man, I'm, I'm going to be unpopular here, but Steve, it's taken me 20 years to come to this conclusion. And it's not out of anger or frustration or burn it down. It is actually very strategic. We will never, ever solve the problems until we slay the golden calves, until we stop 
focusing on the same failed thing. Oh, it's the courts, the courts, the, 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 the nominees, uh, majority, championships. Notice that we had the worst fascism ever in this country when Republicans had the Senate. There is no value to it. Um, I'm not opposed to it. But to me, if it was a guy like McCormick, I'd I'd probably vote for him if I were in Pennsylvania. If it's the Pasha and I were in Pennsylvania, I would stay home. Um, and because he has the attempt, uh, the potential to be a transformational figure with this whole celebrity business, he is the quintessential biomedical fascist. Mm. Um, the problem that people don't realize is, and and it and it takes a lot of political maturity to understand this. And I used to be violently opposed to this way of thinking until I arrived at it. You have negative efficacy, kind of like the Pfizer shots. There are times where, see, even if you have short of a majority, but you have a truculent minority that is giving the public the other side to the story, eventually we know their stuff is false. And people are like, yeah, they're right. But when you have complete unanimity of opinion, which is what we still have to this day, by the way, on COVID, just so you know, on the current issues that matter, the shots, both parties are for them. Both parties put out zero press releases yesterday when they pushed the third shot on five to 11 year olds. And you're going to have the next thing. Ukraine is a classic exa example. He's all into it. Do you think with a Republican Congress, they're not going to do more? Now, I think you're already going to have the House. So if you want to backstop to one body uh, preventing the few things that are done legislatively, because most of the bad stuff is going to be done executively, um, you have that with the House. I do not see any purpose um, to getting in people that are a cancer and become a celebrity for the left's cause under our banner. This is a big problem, and we have to finally slay that dragon, this obsession about the general election, because part of what they feast off is this. The more perfidious the Democrats get, the, the Republicans get, the more the Democrats successfully implement their stuff without hmm. a check and a balance. The more they successfully implement it, the more our base is terrified of them and clamoring for something new. The more they clamor for it, the more those very same forces then dangle in front of us. Oh, you don't want the Democrat to win. Now, mind you, they don't care. They're going to sandbag Doug Mastriano like anything. They already are, um, like they did four years ago in the governor's race there. And they're going to make sure he doesn't win. The only way he can't win, by the way, is if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, otherwise, in a year like this, even if you believe he's a weaker candidate, he should be able to win in, in this environment. It's not 2018 with, with Wagner like that four years ago. But at some point, you have to stop with this idolatry. And if a piece of garbage like this Pasha is not enough, then we will forever get Mitt Romney's. Hmm. Always give us something to think about, brother. Take care, man. Love you. Take care. You bet. Daniel brought to you by Patriot Mobile, and it is rare these days when we can do business with a business that doesn't want to give the business to us, but actually uh, believes in the same values that we do. And thankfully, one of those rare places is something that we all kind of have to use in modern America, and that's our mobile phones. And that's why you want to make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Our family did it last fall after we hemmed and hawed and procrastinated and put it off for years and years and years because we thought it would be a huge hassle. And it wasn't. Their outstanding U.S.-based customer service team did an outstanding job. We got the same signals that we had with our previous carrier because they all use the same tactics. 
hours these days. They even helped us upgrade our phones in the process. I would highly recommend if you're a veteran or first responder, they've got even more savings for you as a way of saying thank you for your service. For everybody else, the special you can get right now is a free activation with the offer code Steve. If you make the switch today at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or just call them at 972-PATRIOT. Thoughts on the conversation we had with Daniel or anything else that uh, we talked about here today? That line there at the end that comparing the Republican Party and continuing uh, to vote for them, count on them, is like the negative efficacy of the vaccines. Mm. I can't think of a more potent comparison because as as citizens, our our immune systems uh, have died. Our civic immune systems. We 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 count on the hero, uh, media type, the politician, something like that. We buy the books, but we have gotten flabby. We've turned into the Wally show where we simply aren't even capable of walking and chewing bubble gum at the same time. And it happens day by day. We are we're caught in this endless loop. And I think what that needs to tell us is that all of us need to look at our idol hard in the mirror, find out what it is, and throw it away and throw it away for good. Otherwise, game over. Well said. I'm a little distracted right now because uh, this just came across the Twitter feed. No, I haven't had, obviously, a chance to listen to it yet. It's the VeggieTales guy. Have you guys seen this? No. I can't, I can't with him VeggieTales guy and... Francis Collins. No, 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 no. Both with the guitars. No, no, no. Singing a song together. No, it's not. Do you want to listen to this? Hell no. Hell no, I don't. You sure? I'm, I'm 100% We're sure. To, to it all together. We're here today because we both like science and love God. And we don't think the Christian faith and science are at odds. To teach the children well doesn't mean we have to tell them that the Bible is no. true. No, 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 no. Negative efficacy in the church, too. Told you. You're killing me over there, Smalls. Okay. I need your I need your analysis to be a little less on point, please. Can I drink wine during the show? <laughs> I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't even considered the other angle of the Oz thing that Daniel brought up, which is Do you do you think Oz wants Ron Johnson investigating the uh, big pharma COVID manufacturer uh, jab people? Think Oz is for that maybe? No. Probably not. Yeah. All right, we'll come back tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.